Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. Today, we have some Hoya news. <gasps> oh. <laughs> In the world of what you didn't do your thing. I was trying to remember what I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's not DCS. It's was gonna, been a little while. Well, I, I looked at you to like do it, that. but you looked at me like, just hold the cat. I got this. Like, just, I'll get no, it. And then I, you didn't do it. I couldn't remember the words. <laughs> In el mundo de las flor de ceras. Hey, en Siri, este día. how do you say breaking news in Spanish? <laughs> in Spanish, breaking news is noticias de última hora. Oh, ew. She said it like the Spain Spanish. Noticias okay. de última hora. Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of Hoya news this year, which is fine, but... Is it? Um, is it's it? fine. Do but you forgive everyone in the Hoya world? <laughs> I didn't mean for these two things to match up, but they ended up matching up on um, hand pollination and Hoya's pollinating in general. So um, if you all follow Stemma Journal, their Facebook group, they have a Facebook group called Stemma Journal at the beginning of July, they held a live discussion with Farley Body Body Quattro, who was in their most recent article that had came out with Stemma. And he is a gentleman who successfully hand pollinated his Hoya. And there was a whole segment in the journal of how he did it successfully and just his personal research on what he did and methodologies and things like that. But um, they held a official live discussion through Stemma Journal. And so you can go onto their Facebook group. Um, Mark Randall and Rachel Collette Conroy um, held a live discussion with him. So I thought it was a good one to read through, especially if you're just interested in knowing more about hand pollination or even just want to read about the discussion. So yeah. Or to feel like it's okay that you haven't done it yet. You're not a failure. It is very difficult. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I took from it. I was like, all right, well, maybe I should stop being so hard on myself. Like the scale of how much you have to do it is, I think, a lot more than people realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a good one. If you're interested, it's on the Summer Journal Facebook group. And then as I was looking at that, I had read about someone sharing an article that published in February of 2023. And it's basically on pollen germination. Um, And it's an article, it was on the ontogeny of the pollinium in Hoya carnosa provides new insights into microsporogenesis. It's wild how the pollen pollinium work, Mm -hmm. like creating little tubes that like go out and like then the pollen travels down those tubes and it's just wild it really is and so this one though is behind a paper wall which means you have a paywall to, a paywall <laughs> it's behind a paper wall so you have to kool-aid men yeah. through it oh yeah <laughs> it's behind a paywall so you do have to pay for it to read it but you can at least read the abstract for free yeah. which is what i am going to do so also i have heard I told this to these these ladies. I have heard that if you just message or email the 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 authors of the paper directly, which I think on this article has you can email them, contact them. A lot of times they will share it because they're not making any revenue from the paywall. It's usually different other companies that are making revenue from that and they just want people to read their studies. So if you have the time and the courage, <laughs> just send them an email and maybe they'll send it to you for free. Yes. So, yeah, so that was some Hoya news. <gasps> oh, I need to change those buttons. Las noticias. But today we're going to talk about a fun little topic on all of the misconceptions, 
misadvisements, wrong tips that we have seen or heard of just throughout the years of our collecting of Hoya. Yeah. And this is not all encompassing. Mm-hmm. This is not backed by any um, thorough, deep, complete dive of research. It is very, very... Just a just what we have experienced, what in we have our seen. Three to four years, five years of collecting. Yeah, just tips we've seen, advice we've seen, even like tips and advice that we've seen when we first started that we were following, mm-hmm. and now it's like, oh, that was not right, and that's why my Hoya died. So, so what's the first thing, Lydia? I think one of the big things for me when I first got into Hoya was in so many forums, but also in like various articles that I was looking up and reading about would always state that Hoya were slow growers. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, even getting my Hoya, like when people would just be like, oh yeah, they're just really slow growers. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I would complain. I might, one of my first was the Obavada. That I I had talked about in a, a prior episode where I bought it for a secret plant a gift and I kept part of it and it just didn't grow and people oh, are like oh yeah that, they, they're slow growers yeah and I remember like even aeroid people that was one of the reasons that they would say oh that's why I don't really like hoya or I don't get into hoya because they're kind of slow growers yeah yeah your mite infested hoya is probably worse slow growers. <laughs> So that was one of the ones that I remember just distinctly in my mind, Yeah, always reading about or hearing from people when I was first getting into Hoya mm-hmm. and just thinking, oh, Hoya grow really slow. Yeah. And kind of in line with that, you always hear they're slow growers and they're succulent like, oh. or they're like succulents. They require the same care. Okay. All I know is I am to this day murdering every succulent I've ever bought. <laughs> yeah, I am here over here keeping Hoyas alive. So no, they are not succulent like they. And if you treat a, a Hoya like a succulent, it's probably not going to make it. No. No, it's not at all. No, that one, that advice, I feel like was one of the first pieces of advice I ever read about was that Hoya were succulent-like. And that was so damning for me. Hmm. I remember killing multiple Hoya that I would get like in a big box store because I would think that they needed to be just completely neglected. Dried out completely. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like part of succulent care is neglect, don't water, let them dry out completely, which I don't even know if that's correct succulent care because I've never kept one alive. But like in my <laughs> mind, when people say, grow like a succulent, like that's what I'm thinking, yeah. you know? Which is probably not accurate because, again, we've never kept succulents alive. We're over here. Also, like, every time I've seen, like, thriving succulents, it's been in California or, like, all these humid places. Uh, And if you tell me, like, to grow a succulent here, I, like, leave it exposed to full sun and it's roasted and toasted by noon. Yeah. There's something with the succulent lobbyists because they're in all the big box stores all over the world. And everyone's like, oh, I want a succulent for my desk. Like... They are making bank because we're all just killing these succulents and we're all, we all just keep buying them. Like I know that we probably all started like in our dorm rooms having succulents. That was my first plan. Yeah. A succulent in college was my first plan. Yeah. I I swore I was going to grow an echeverria to the size of my head and I don't have any echeverrias right now. No. But then like succulents, there are hardcore succulent collectors. And some of them yeah. are worth like thousands of dollars. Yeah, like it gets into like the aeroid hoya. Yeah. Like you know, every every Species. every genus has yeah. like that kind of base crazy. of people, you know. Crazy and not the Koreans really being into them and smuggling those up the wazoo. But anyway. She stole that from Bad Seeds, the podcast. Oh yeah, I did. It's a really good episode. This took you guys, it's better than ours. <laughs> um okay, but first of all, what's a wazoo and how do you get something up there? <laughs> We can show you. Okay. <laughs> you need lots of oil. Okay. But yeah, definitely no. Do not treat your Hoya as if they were succulent. They will. No. You will get pregnant and die. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mean girl's reference. Oh, uh, yes. Wah, wah, wah. That, that was a big one. But also, wah, I re- <laughs> Sorry, okay. 
I think the other thing when you're getting into plants is trying to figure out, okay, like how, how do I need to fertilize this plant? Like what do I need to do? And when I was looking into different fertilizers and things like that, I remember reading people always saying like, don't fertilize during the winter and only fertilize a couple of times during the spring. And then that was it. But yeah. honestly, now, I mean, I fertilize my Hoya year round. Yeah, so. me too. Well, because we grow in hydro, so mm-hmm. we're always giving them nutrients. Yeah, or even if you like grow plants, whatever plants you grow, people tell you not to fertilize or like, or like these plants don't even grow in the winter. You might not see the growth. It might not be like getting full and luscious and blooming, but it could be putting out roots. It could be building like the system to get ready to bloom. And now we've learned that some Hoyas grow more in the cold than in the heat. So not fertilizing in the winter isn't actually a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and a couple of my Hoya I found out only bloom in the wintertime too. So then for those, I want to support them with nutrients during that blooming, blooming season. Cause I want to see the blooms, even though like the IMO8 smells like trash. Speaking of fertilizing though, I don't know if this qualifies. This doesn't qualify as in like misleading advice, but it's definitely something I never don't do anymore. The miracle Girl spray. Oh, orchid spray. Oh my yeah. god! I used to just walk around just. I mean, like I you were Oprah. To- yeah, like you get a you get a squirt, you get a squirt, you get a squirt. And, I'm like that still. And that <laughs> stuff, like on Amazon, you had to buy. <laughs> you had to buy like a 15 pack. You couldn't buy them individually. So literally, I remember going through like Lowe's, Home Depot, fries, like everywhere trying to find that stuff and whenever i'd find it i'd buy like five six of them because i was spraying that like i was spraying that like when i first got into plants and they said mr plants every morning that was me but i didn't miss my plants anymore i was like miracle grow every morning you know yeah yeah which i I do think it probably helped yeah i don't think it hurt the plant unless you were doing it right before they were gonna get light shined on them which causes burn now I've learned, <laughs> but I was going to say, I literally just cleaned my garage on Saturday and I found three full bottles, bottles of that. So I'm going to use it. And then what I do is I use those to mix in like the alcohol and water spray or like any other type of sprays that I make myself. Cause it is a really nice fine mist. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bottles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I used to do that all the time, Same. but my Hoyas were in soil. So I was like, maybe it was helping. Cause I wasn't actually, mm. you know, I don't really f- fertilize when I have my soil plants. I forget to, but I want to. Yeah. But kind of in line with that, what, what is the myth that Hoyas take in nutrients through the leaves or that they don't take nutrients through their leaves? They do. They they do take nutrients through their leaves. But a lot of times people think they don't. So like they always think like the nutrients always have to be through like the roots or the bottom. And Hoyas aren't like that. They'll take them through the leaves. They'll take it any which way they can get it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that was the reason for doing the spray is because that's what everyone said is like they're epiphytes. They don't, they're not root feeders. They're Mm -hmm. foliage feeders which they're both yeah i think like if necessary in nature when they're growing epiphytically on trees then it's necessary right because they may not be getting the nutrients yeah, that so they, they need through their roots so yeah so then they need the nutrients that way but i feel like since we grow hydroponically we have a lot more control over our nutrients because you know pond doesn't have any kind of nutrients it's ph neutral and so we have more control over that and so since we grow hydroponically i don't know i i just haven't felt the necessity to do a foliar spray because then also it's getting all over the shelves and i have like glass shelves and some of my things are in cabinets and so i've just kind of stopped doing it over time yeah same yeah, I used to buy a bottle of that anytime I saw it. So whenever I was at Fry's yeah. doing grocery shopping in their little plant section, I was like, yoink. It was like, it was literally like finding gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it's actually useful for orchids or if it's like a lie too. If no, you're an orchid enthusiast, let us know. I think it is. Because I've heard for orchids, the thing is people buy orchids because they're blooming, mm. but then they never bloom again. And so they throw it away. 
But the thing that a lot of orchid growers don't know because they're not like true orchid growers, they just like bought the plant because it was pretty, is you have to fertilize them for them to bloom again. Mm. Okay. So maybe it is useful for them. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Let's Talk Orchid. <laughs> There's your daily FYI. Orchid fact of the day. Okay, but what's another one? Okay, this next one is legitimately one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh, what is it? My dog is literally just parkouring up my leg to get onto my lap. Sorry. Mai Tai. Do you want to say hi to the... Do you want to say hi? <laughs> okay. That Hoyas have to be a certain age to bloom. Mm-hmm. I literally... Because I was looking up articles, like trying to find ones that I had read in the past... And I had found one, and, and literally it said on there, Hoya have to be old. an old age to bloom. Yes. And I think that was just people trying to make themselves feel good because they couldn't get their Hoyas to bloom. But no, it is not true. And so I feel like that's why, you know, when I was... Pro- <laughs> <laughs> what, did you just say this no, to somebody? I didn't say anything. It's because she knows I'm counting her literally. And I'm like, I'm waiting for it. Because I'm like, I'm holding out two fingers and waiting for her to say it one more time. So I can be like, stop saying that word. <laughs> you knew that, right? I don't even have to say no, it to you. No, I'm uh, going to say it literally. <laughs> you said it like 10 times already. So no more using it today. But I feel like that's one of... The main reasons why I became attracted to, not main reasons, but one of the reasons that I was attracted to foliage and I would never even consider, oh, what do the blooms on this Hoya look like? Because I would read those articles and think, oh, it's going to take forever for me to get a bloom. So why am I going to even be concerned about what the bloom is going to look like, you know? Bro, when I used to shop for Hoya, you know, when you, you get into like those, the overseas, the import websites. And they always showed like the blooms and I was like, I don't care about these stupid blooms because I'm never going to see them. I want to see what the leaves look like. Because sometimes like the pictures of the Hoya would only show the bloom. And I feel like a lot of overseas sellers show a picture of the blooms. And really it's, I feel like it's really an American thing to show pictures of foliage only without the bloom. Because even, I mean, I've even seen videos of like the Swedish Hoya Society selling their plants and the pictures on there is just the bloom picture, you know, so. And they also all have the same style tags. I'm like, is there a website they're getting this from? Or maybe they made them and there's like a catalog or something. There might be a catalog somewhere. A Hoya bloom catalog. Yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Anyway. Um, So yeah, the, the age thing really does bother me because I have had propagations grow a peduncle and flower in my prop box. I've also had ones that had a peduncle on them and reflowered, but like I've had ones grow a peduncle and flower. Mm-hmm. It's so it's not an age thing, you mm-hmm. know, it's a right conditions thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I've even seen people like buy a cutting and instead of like growing a leaf, it grows a peduncle and flowers. It can happen. I've had Hoyas that I've had for over three years and they still haven't bloomed. I mean, that doesn't make though. you a bad Hoya parent. That doesn't no. mean anything. And I think that's what's nice about Hoyas, that their foliage is nice and their blooms are nice. So, like, you can still enjoy the plant. Yeah. Yeah. And some plants are just harder because I know I was watching one of Miro Basie Plants YouTube videos and it was when he was doing a Hoya haul and he got the Hoya Micro Dwarf mm-hmm. and they're still trying to decide whether it's a Hoya or a Deschidia, but that was published or it was found in 2015 and people have been trying to actively bloom it so that they can publish it and know what to categorize it as and no one has bloomed it all of this time. Wow. So that's like professionals, yeah. I'm assuming, Giving every, who know what they're doing. All the conditions. Yeah. And still nobody has gotten a bloom that yeah. anybody knows of. So. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because like you don't want to say that that's completely wrong because I'm sure that there are some Hoya that like, yeah, they need to they need to mature enough to bloom. But 
yeah, I don't know. That one does kind of bug, that does irk me, that, mm-hmm. that myth. But I also feel like, you know, when I was first getting into Hoya, I would always Google and try to look up on articles how, you know, like tips and advice and things like that. But then that slowly changed into Facebook group Mm. or online forums. And so what are some things that you guys have seen in some of these, uh, (laughs) in these forums? Well, (laughs) so much misinformation. I know. For those of us who also transferred over from the Aeroid life or the, other collection life (laughs) (laughs) spent nodes yeah and the like the assumption that hoyas were similar to aeroids in that sense of like you can't propagate them too much because they'll stop being able to reproduce or regrow so i'm not on the facebook groups that often but is that one that people still are saying like hoyas have spent nodes You'll see it every now and yeah, then. It's every not now as and common then. as before. But, but yeah. when there was that spike in Hoya collecting, I want to say when was that? Probably like 2020 mm-hmm. is when it really just took this jump. There were a lot of people talking about that because I feel like that was also the time in like the aeroid world. People were selling wet sticks. Mm-hmm. And then the big conversation became oh i got this wet stick do you think this has a spent node do you think like there are so many conversations around spent nodes and i feel like because of that that mentality really kind of hovered into the hoya world and people just assuming because it's a plant that hoya also has spent nodes Mm -hmm. which you know not a thing Mm -hmm. because that big carnosa in the corner if you follow it all the way down, one stem into the into the soil, like just one. And yeah. I think that is also the amazing thing about Hoya is you don't have to worry about, oh, I cut it too many times and it's going to stop growing. I mean, there really is no such a thing. I mean, I remember when I used to import it and there were plants that I would get and you could see where the plant was cut like a dozen times and it was still putting out a new vine. Yeah. So. See, that's why that's that is why I love Hoya more than aeroids, because like when I had aeroids, I didn't want to cut them because it Mm -hmm. always it always made it grow weird. Well, you get that first tiny, tiny microscopic leaf. Yeah, but then it's also like kind of shooting out the side. So (laughs) then it's like, you know, it's got a curve in it. And look, curves are good sometimes, (laughs) but I don't want that in my plant. You know, I want my plant to be. Straight. straight. Wow. <laughs> um, I thought you said straight wasn't the best. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like I like it. Or straight ain't always <laughs> great. No, straight ain't straight, always straight is best. great. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like I, it's like aeroids when you cut them. It's just, it's just it, that plant is never the same mm-hmm. unless you're doing a top cutting and you keep like, yeah, I don't know. But Hoya is just so much easier. Just so easy. And it's always shooting out new vines here and there. And I don't know. What's not to love? And that's how you got your splashy gene to come back into that obovata that I gave you. Mm -hmm. Because it was only a a one-node cutting. Yeah. And I wasn't afraid to. And you just keep snipping on it. She just kept hacking it and hacking it. And I was like, just leave it alone. I know. She was like, no, it will splash. I'm always like, give it two or three more leaves just to see. No, she's... No. Cut right off. Yep. I mean, it worked, though. Guess who got the cut this week? My fungi got a cut. The Blessing got a cut. What else? Oh, Wilbur Graves got a cut. Snip, snip. Nope. They got the splash, so goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And kind of also in line with that and something we've definitely seen in the big box store world is like the selling of a single carry eye leaf. And yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, they're not saying like this is going to grow into a giant carrier tree, but by selling it like that, you're kind of stating that it's going to grow. Yeah. They're also not saying like, oh, this is a one season and done kind of thing either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you might, I've seen people keep those like single leaves alive for a long time. Yeah. And I've seen them actually grow, but a new vine. Uh huh. A new vine. But that's only if it happened to like, get broken or cut off with a little piece of stem still on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, they got extremely lucky. Mm-hmm. On the I one want that they to got. know. Cause who, this Costa farms one that does that when, when you see it in the big box stores, I don't really, I don't know if it's actually Costa. I want to yeah, watch the know. operation because those leaves are always like 
catch me never having a carry-eye leaf be perfectly flat. A perfect heart. And all of those are. Yes. So like, I want to know like the growing conditions. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I want to know the growing conditions. Or they have mold for them. But yeah, but if they did cut that leaf off mm-hmm. with just a little notch of the stem material, it could produce a new vine. Because and I plant, have seen people do that. The plant that. wants to grow. Yeah. It doesn't want to just stop and be done, you know? Yeah. But if there just genetically isn't that material for it to do it, then it can't. You know yeah. what I mean? Also, if you had one of these carry eyes as a gift, if you bought one for yourself and it, it did grow into a plant, I want to see it. So hit us up in the DMs or yeah. tag us in stories. See, that but makes also, me feel better about myself, though, because the reason I don't want to post the carry eye I have is because the hearts are all wonky oh and they're gosh. all twisted. My I mean, it's not like perfect and cute like the little single leaf ones, but mine isn't. Maybe okay. they grow them in molds because in molds, in molds, like, like shaping molds, like, like a when, shaping like when mold. People grow like because watermelons and hearts. Yes, and like there has there have been there has been a big thing happening in the fruit fruiting community, I guess, where they grow their fruit in molds, so it grows into a specific shape. <gasps> Can someone make one of my face? Hello, Let's Talk Hoya family. We want to take a moment to share the exciting news of our official launch for exclusive content, aka Peduncle Pals. Through your support, we will be able to keep this podcast going, but also connect with all of you listeners in a more meaningful way. By becoming one of our Peduncle Pals, you'll gain access to two additional After Chat episodes a month, some listener shoutouts, special events, and our exclusive Facebook group. We can't wait to continue to grow this Hoya community with you Padungle Pals and hope you join us. You can subscribe via the link on our show notes or our Instagram bio. We're so happy you guys have been joining us to talk about Hoya. And this podcast is truly a passion project of ours. And we're just excited to continually grow this community of you lovely Hoya people. And if you've been enjoying our episodes recently, we would love to hear from you through a positive review. And I know we say this a lot, but they do mean the world to us. And your reviews really do help get us into other Hoya lovers ears. And it helps this podcast grow. You can also follow us at Let's.TalkHoya on Instagram, where our show notes are linked in the bio. But if you're not an IG girly, you can find our show notes in the description of each episode. Now, let's get back to this episode. I feel like one of the big things that I'm seeing... An- the, the whole like past year especially has been a lot of people asking about concerns that they have about their Hoya mm-hmm. and they post a picture of it and automatically people are just saying that it's flat lights. Oh my gosh. That's been a really big thing that I've been seeing. And you know what? For a while there usually followed that was a link to that video that I made, that live video I made and like that thumbnail picture of me. And I'm like, oh God, please stop <laughs> doing that. Let me go replace that real quick. No. I mean, there's good information in that, but literally not everything is flat, my damage. Like, mm-hmm. it is it is it is really frustrating <laughs> and then it to would see be, that. And then it would be third way or sulfur, 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 or just saying are, automatically that it was flat, my People posting, like, blurry-ass photos from their microscopes where you <laughs> see, like, photos. you just see, like, <laughs> little brown spots. That clearly aren't a mite, that aren't a flat mite. And maybe it's just because I had so much like experience like searching for them before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like a regular piece of part of the Hoya stem. And everyone was like, that's that's mite damage or those are mites. Spray it with sulfur. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, that's the thing. Not. Even on, I mean, there were some people that posted about it. And then you could tell something was wrong with the plant. But then there were people that were honestly posting plants that look perfectly healthy and they just got a microscope and they happened to see something and think, oh my gosh, that's flat mites. Throw it away. (laughs) Okay, but Lydia would be the first person to see like a single mite and like toss a whole plant. (laughs) 
Or you, Adam, you would knock all the roots off and reroot it for no reason. Not no reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this does throw remind me. Away, though. Again, uh-huh, again, let's talk aeroids. When vi- the virus mosaic. Oh, mosaic virus. And you could not see a single splotch on a leaf. That's a mosaic. It's going to infect the you're whole world right. and the plants will all die. Yeah, and don't like, ever touch that you're going to look like that tomorrow because you touched it. And but I was then, like, guys, really? But then everyone would be like, get it tested, get it tested. Yeah. But honestly, the only way you can get it tested is there's like a university in Florida that will test your plant for you. But the caveat is they need the whole plant usually. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, okay, you get your plant tested, but you don't ever get your plant back. So you just hear like, did it have it or not? And then that's the end of the story. So (laughs) it's like, well, (laughs) listeners, if you have an Argente princess and you think it has flat mites, I will test it for you. I need the entire plant and you're not going to get it back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome. I know there was at home test kits you could buy for that kind of stuff. I'm not sure how the, how you know, accurate they were, but yeah, I think I forgot about the, the whole mosaic thing. Mm-hmm. I forgot mm-hmm. about that, but, but yeah, it literally, it was always like, that's mosaic. That's mosaic. I remember that. It, but everything on the Facebook group is, is <laughs> might damage, might damage like, and yeah, I will say for the longest time, we all had scarring on our leaves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could think of at least three Hoya, that I had that had scarring on the backs of the leaves, which is a very significant sign of flat mites. And not just fl- like an infestation at that yeah. point, because they don't get scarring until there's a significant amount of infestation of flat mites. And in, in my brain, and what I what I heard others also say was that that was just like environmental scarring like if some if a plant was outside or if it was cared for in a nursery that was outdoors and that's just like regular you know stuff and i was like yeah i mean it makes sense if there's bugs or if it's like scraping because i've had hoya do that that have been growing leaves on what they was pressing against a trellis you know it kind of creates a Mm -hmm. scar Mm -hmm. because it was trying to grow and it was pushing up against trellis so I was just like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. But now I know better. Mm-hmm. And if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, you might want to check it. But I don't know. I do get a little annoyed with the automatic of like spray it with sulfur. It's like, well, maybe confirm first before you just go through this whole thing that you don't need to do if it's not. Yeah. I don't know. But catch did us t- like did that, did that sound too six ranty? months ago. <laughs> <No. laughs> Saying spray everything with sulfur because everything is covered in flat bites. <laughs> Yeah. So I this mean, is us eating our own words. Also, put the sulfur down, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Walk away slowly. It's okay. <laughs> but definitely, you know, get yourself a microscope. But I yeah. mean, there have been people that have been getting the microscopes and then posting pictures of all sorts of things and saying, is this a flat mite? Is this a flat mite? But, you know, make sure it's moving. Yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> if it's just, you know, sitting there on your plant, not doing a dang thing, unless it's scale, it's probably not a flat mite. Yeah. But get that microscope. And I feel like, you know, new leaves or like growth points are always big targets. The woody parts of the stems underneath the leaves are always big targets. And then from there, you know, like we said last time, soft bristle toothbrush, give it a nice little scrub scrub and then just keep on checking it. And then get some bennies. Yeah, get some bennies. Spray it down. Get some bennies. Like and all by that. bennies, we mean beneficial mites, not hundred dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification for yeah. those of us who walk around with those in our pockets. Starts just, just <laughs> throwing <laughs> bennies on a, my hoya <laughs> to solve. Okay, actually, send me your hundred dollar bills, and I'll test that theory out too. <laughs> But you ain't getting them back. <laughs> You're not getting them back. This is sounding like a lot of solicitation for me. Oh, oh but that being said, Gucci regarding flatlight, this is a little a piece of information that I put out in the world too, um, which we might talk more about on our Patreon episode. But putting your plants in 120 degree water. Mm. Yeah. What was it called? Sufiing them? Well, I use a sous vide because that can, the sous vide maintains a temperature. Exactly what you set it at. So that's like a fancy little device for cooking food. (laughs) But anyway, um, 
A lot of people still suggest that for a lot of different pests. Yeah, root, so listeners, is one. If, you, if you've ever been personally victimized by Adam's Hoya <laughs> advice, please raise your hands. Gosh, another Mean Girls <laughs> reference. <laughs> but I will say I did post about it on my stories, but it wasn't like a, I think you should do this. It was just a story about basically, uh, see, this is where I think we, we need to realize our reach. I just was like, oh, this is what I'm currently doing. I'm going to post a photo. And not, not we, knowing, just Adam. I know. Just, just Adam. Not mm-hmm. knowing that other people I are was gonna, doing it in the background, but I wasn't <laughs> posting about it. <laughs> that other people are going to see that and then they're going to be like, oh, this is what you do. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just figuring this out. I'm just trying to see if it works. Spoiler alert, it didn't. It, mm-hmm. uh, it effed up my plant. Thankfully, not to a point where I couldn't save it. I did save it. But... You know, I was testing it on a plant that I didn't care that much about. And yeah. I wasn't going all in. It was one plant. I think maybe two plants. And that's the thing, though, about when you give advice. It's advice that you've tried. It's advice that you're trying or advice that you're, like, experimenting with. And you're not, like, everyone do this not doing it. You're doing it and you're like, oh, this is what I did. And if you want to do it, cool. But you're not sitting out there like, this is the way it must be done. And I know this because I'm the Hoya inventor. (laughs) I think that's a big difference. If people want to listen to you, like I'd rather try something you tried than like not. (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't. mm -mm. And if it, and if it worked for you, that's great. But I, I did it on one plant and not only did it cook the plant, literally Mm -hmm. cooked the plant, but a week later, I checked it under a microscope and mites were crawling all over it still. So it it did yeah, not, not. And it was like quarantine oven, its own little corner. And I still kept it around and I still saw little eggs mm-hmm. on the plant after I did the sous vide. And then a week later, I mean, they must have hatched because they're just crawling around just doing their thing. Orgy, mm-hmm. Hanging up the live, laugh, laugh signs. You could have just waited till summer and then put your plants outside. Because, <laughs> lordy lord, it's, it's staying consistently at 117 this year. Uh, hey, but, you know, we don't have to turn the oven on because we can bake cookies in our car. We can, we can fry an egg on the sidewalk, which pro tip. I heard from someone, you shouldn't just put the pan and then crack the egg. You should warm up the pan first and then crack the egg and it'll cook and scramble. So. Wow. Yeah, I know. Let's talk Arizona living, guys. (laughs) That's like the fourth time I've heard that egg story. Lydia's like real. She's just, she's hyper fixating on that one. Because I never, <laughs> I never so seen someone. Because I mean, you, you, every single year there's that week in Arizona where everybody is baking cookies. Everyone's trying to fry an egg, yeah. and you see it everywhere. You do, yeah. And usually the egg is never fully fried. It's a sunny side up, and you, that's you, just the reality every year. <laughs> but then this year, for the first time, I saw a fully scrambled egg. <laughs> In my how many years of Arizona? 18 years of Arizona living. And I was like, hot dog. Yeah, you were. They actually, were scrambled, they actually scrambled the egg. And they were like, pro tip, yeah. warm up the pan first. So. Um, You're welcome. What I want to see <laughs> is shrink-a-dinks. I want someone to put what? a shrink-a-dink on their dash. And I want to see if it works. A what? You guys don't know what shrink-a-dinks are? No, friend, okay. that sounds dirty. It is not. It was these pic- these things, these papers that you could draw and you could with markers and you cut out like like the cookie monster. Mm-hmm. And it was like this big. And then you put it in the oven and it shrunk all the way down to be this big. Ooh. All right, listeners, if you've got a shrinky dinky, <laughs> let us know. Uh, not, no, now when you say shrinky dinky, that makes it sound bad. Shrink a dink. <laughs> if you have a shrink a dink, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> let's move on to another. See, I, I feel bad because I don't ever want to like have a negative vibe for the, but like, I feel like the next thing I want to talk about is something that really annoys me. Let us know. What? See, audience, you don't know what she says. We don't know what she says. Yeah. <laughs> There's just, it squeals. Oh, okay. R two D two. What? What is it? What are you? What's next? What is? What is she saying? Okay. 
Okay, so there is this thing on Hoya foliage called Splash. <laughs> okay. I've never heard of that. What is it? Splash is a mutation where an air pocket between the two layers of a the leaf mm-hmm. presents itself as a silver speck. Okay. What? We have Hoya. Which mostly you because we have a whole episode out on that. Yes. I was being a learner. I was learning. I was letting him mansplain things to me. So every Hoya has splash. I mean, I mostly every Hoya could have splash, some sort of speck. But that is never enough to categorize that specific clone. And by clone, I mean just a the plant. The plant you're holding in your hand at that yeah. moment and looking at. Like you can, you can propagate Hoya to try to get us a, a desired trait. And that would be like a sp- specific clone of that Hoya. Anyway, most Hoya have these silver specks on them. Most, most of them have that mutation, but to be considered splash, like it needs to be overabundant, co- uh, covered, mm-hmm. like, you know, and you will know when you see it, but you can't just take a Carnosa, which I'm, this is one I see the most people say, trying to sell Carnosa Splash. And the thing is, I want to say this out here because I don't want anyone to buy these thinking like, oh my gosh, this is like Splash, so it's worth more money because it's not. But if it has like six specs on it, like that's a pretty normal thing for Hoya Carnosa. Or even the other big one that I see is Opovada. And they always sell Opovada Splash. And it literally just has some specks on it. And it could even be 10, 15 specks. And yeah, you yeah, can see speckles, them. Freckles. Yeah, it's more like freckles. Like if someone has freckles on their face. Yeah. But that's so normal for obovada. Like any obovada that you grow can get those freckles, basically. I would be more interested in buying an all green obovada just because I've seen them all be freckly. Yeah. <laughs> but when you call something splash, that means like that the majority of the leaf has is like covered in this silver mutation, this like these air pockets. Because that is a mutation. It is a it is a genetic characteristic that the plant has. So just because you buy a plant and it has freckles on it doesn't mean you're going to get that Instagram picture full silver splashy leaf because I have an obovada that I bought that is actually splashy. But even that one, every once in a while, it'll throw out a vine that's just green with some freckles on it. And I would not consider that vine to be splash. No, I would say technically that that one doesn't have the mutation and it's just a green version of obovada. And if I know Lydia, she chops it right off. I do. And then in my, doesn't see the light of day. If it doesn't have the characteristic, like covering the majority of the foliage Mm -hmm. or something, I'm not going to, I'm not going to perpetuate that. Like, yes, it came from a mother plant that had that splash, but that cutting did not have splash. Yeah. So that's what I want to like warn everyone, not warn, but like splash is literally my favorite mutation. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to pick one, it would be splash, mm-hmm. but I don't want you to spend more money on something because someone called it splash. Like if mm-hmm. it doesn't present those characteristics, like maybe the mother plant did, and maybe you could get that out of that cutting, but I personally wouldn't pay more money. It's very unlikely Yeah. just yeah. because it came from that plant. Does mean, I mean, it would be no different than purchasing a plant that didn't come from a mother plant. And that randomly that mutated. Had, yeah. Right. It's almost like the whole blue eye trait. Like the chances of like somebody having blue eyes are so low. Like there's no way. And it's almost like you're guaranteeing somebody's going to have blue eyes. Yeah. Like that. that's not how it works. And And that's the thing I think that's. Like you're like it's not hurting anyone to call it splashy, but the problem is that a lot of people who aren't who aren't like super into Hoya, who maybe get into the hobby for the money, know that using those words like rare and splash will get them more money. And then like people who work hard spend their money thinking like, oh, this is a guaranteed thing. Yeah, it's it's almost not like taking advantage of someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, like it's possible to take advantage of people in this hobby and that's one of the ways that we've seen it and i'm not saying everyone who calls it splash is doing that i'm just saying it does happen we see it and like it it does get under my skin though yeah i don't i need to i need to let it go because that's like why why is it hurting but it i think it's the part of like someone getting taken advantage of Mm -hmm. 
Because if I was a baby Hoya person and I didn't know this and someone called something splash and I have mm. seen plants with splash before, I would be like, yeah, I'm going to spend more money on that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to spend my hard earned money on that because it's going to be a certain that characteristic thing. that you see on Instagram yeah. or. And at know, the wherever. end of the day, it's nature. We can't control it. I have two AHO74s from Adam. And they're. They're green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those things came from mother plants who were practically fully silver. Yeah. My clone, like my. My clone of that plant just kept growing out green and I kind of just got over it. Mine too. And now after, I feel like it's been a couple of years since the H074 craze, but now we know that there's multiple clones Yeah, and there is a clone that is silver and more stable and consistently gives out the characteristic. But did, but did we know that when we were first purchasing mm-hmm. the plant? No, we didn't know. We just bought it thinking, oh, we're going to hopefully get that. But it's actually really rare to get it. And I mean, nobody knew until pretty now recently. Now that we all bought these green like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like until like pretty yeah. recently. But if you still really want that, then seek out the clone that is stable and has the full silver leaves because it's out there now. Yeah. So Yeah, and if you have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slide into jesse's dms just send me a picture of it i don't want it <laughs> um but yeah but that splash one does it does irk me i need to get i need to build a bridge and get over it no but i think, I think it's you're just looking like, out for people yeah, yeah i want you guys to be informed mm-hmm. and i want people who know better to just stop doing that because there are people who know better that continue to do that um okay any more misleading things that we want to talk about Hoyas should be repotted every what three four months? Bullshit! <laughs> I wish I had a bullshit button. I have a bullshit button. <laughs> you want to see it? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So, should hoyas be repotted that often? No, they actually don't need to be <laughs> potted, repotted, or in any way moved from their home. Yeah. Here it goes. No. They do not. <laughs> when Angel professional Jesse comes. <laughs> well, no, that but like that's the thing. Like a lot of yeah. people think that their hoyas won't grow or they won't bloom because you're not like consistently moving them up in pot size, which is another common like um, thing in the aeroid world. Mm-hmm. Um, aeroids like to spread out; they like to grow up or cling and stuff. That is not the case with hoyas. Hoyas yeah. like to be root bound. Hoyas can sit in the same container for generations, as we've learned now from our listeners who have shared their family heirloom plants. And as we've seen in our own collections, I have Hoyas that I have never moved from one pot since I got them for like more than three years. They've been fine. They've grown. They've bloomed. I've propagated them. They've, you know, lived and died in, in the same pot. And I think that's. Another cool thing about Hoyas. They've lived and died. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the they didn't yeah. die because of that repotting. <laughs> they died fully and wholly from my neglect. But I feel like, you know, besides your heirloom carnosa, which is in that really, really big pot, like a lot of the other Hoya that you have, you've decided that six inch range is about the cat. Like that's their forever home. Yeah. Like the, I think the, the biggest clear pots that i have the net pots is 5.5 inches Mm -hmm. and that's that's where they will live yeah but i mean you remember when we were doing that carnosa together like i think i even said to you like this is the pot that's will live in for the rest of its life Mm -hmm. like i'm never going to change that pot so that's going to go to somebody when i'm dead and gone Mm -hmm. just like that Mm -hmm. damn gotta be morbid like that (laughs) but i mean that's it's it's just not needed and that pot is huge Mm -hmm. but i needed a bigger pot to secure the trellis but but yeah i think for the most part hoya like six inch probably be the max yeah pot that you should ever have a hoya in right i mean also for me for like space so i'm not gonna put it into something bigger because if it's happy in that big of a pot then why would I move it up when if I moved it up, that would just require more space. Yeah. I don't have a lot of space and there are a lot more hoya that I want. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. But there are people who, like I do consistently move the hoyas that I just like want to get like ginormous. I will repot them in the hopes of like giving them more space and like more balance, especially if like I'm trellising them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'll repot them for those purposes, but it's never for like, I hope this grows if I give it a bigger pot. And honestly, when you up pot it, it doesn't have to be much bigger of a pot because, you know, if you think in the aeroid mindset, I mean, you need to put it into something at least two, three inches bigger because mm -hmm. if not, you're going to be repotting that again in just a few months or it's going to stunt its growth. But really for Hoya, I mean, you could do an inch bigger and that'll keep it happy for quite some time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so don't stress on all those repots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all in all, you know, all we're saying is that why would you not love Hoya? They're yeah. just so great. <laughs> so freaking great. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope y'all enjoyed listening about all the misleading care tips, advice, information that we've just heard about over the years and wanted to chat with you guys about. There was a big one we didn't talk about. What? Maybe it's for Patreon though. What? The like giving Croniana more light would make it Lacunosa. There was like a whole thing about like Oh my gosh, the less light would make it stuff. Yeah. Heart shape is original Croniana, apple shape is original Lacunosa. Well, hey, you just teased for our Patreon episode. So yes. if y'all's not a peduncle pal. And you would like to hear a little bit more of this controversial topic. That is something that we hop on over. And to our we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit about that in our yeah. after chat. I feel like Lydia has thoughts on that. <laughs> I saw a light bulb go off. I know. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Catch us in a year having another episode where we're completely changing something we we certified this year so again we are not experts we are not in any way professionals but we love um studying trends and really speaking about our experience and what we see with our own special eyes and to normalize growing and changing opinions based on facts presented yeah and just sharing the knowledge that we know as of right now. And if that changes and we find out something better, then we'll do another update episode like we did not too long ago, mid-year. This year we did a, um, a care tip update one too. So yeah. things are changing and we'll update y'all. But head over to Instagram and follow us at let's.talkhoya and show us your carry eye that you grew from a leaf if you did. Because I really mm. want to see it. And show us that Obavada that actually has splash. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, just uh, in general, follow us there. You're going to get some great content, but we also like to hear from you. So if there's any Hoya tip or advice that you had followed that was misleading, we want to hear about it. You can tag it. Tag yes. it in your stories. Tag us. <laughs> All your support matters. Leaving a review matters. Sharing with a friend matters. So just thank you for being here. And uh, make sure you head over to our Instagrams as well. You can follow us individually. My Instagram is at NotToot. I'm at thegreenplant.az. And I'm at Perritos y Plants. Adios. Adios. Bye.